0: And welcome back to the Livingston Parish News weekly show. We are finding a new way to sort of replace the morning show. We had a little bit of technical difficulty there. Some problems coming into it, some problems coming out of it. We've practiced a little bit. We're going to start releasing these to the public. This is our weekly update. We are joined here by Mr. David Gray, our lifestyle editor, and Mr. Rob DeArmond, our sports editor. Good morning, gentlemen. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself
1: yeah, like McHugh said, I'm David Gray, lifestyle editor with the Livingston Parish News, and also uh, the one of the main news reporters. Also, me and McHugh kind of tag team the news section together. Yes, we
2: do. And Mr. Up, I'm Rob DiArman, I'm the sports editor here at the Livingston Parish News. Uh, we got a lot going on right now.
0: Yes, we do. And uh, we're gonna get we're gonna get into all that now that we've identified each one of you. Uh, David and I are gonna talk a little bit about the news in the interim. Uh, but first, want to start with you, Rob. You know, because one of the interesting things you and I talked about, because we were doing weekly football updates, right? So much going on with winter sports. Uh, Winter sports early on affected by COVID has not been as bad, which is great. You know, heading into the postseason. A lot of postseason action going on right now. Uh, Girls in the midst of it. Guys just getting seated uh, on Monday and getting started this weekend, correct? Right. That'll be Friday. Friday the boys will get started. So let's start with the girls. What's going on with the girls? I know we had some games last night and Monday night. It is Wednesday uh,
2: when we're recording we're this. Record, so, right, right. So go ahead and tell us a little bit about we're, what's going on with the girls. We're at a point with the girls. We've got four teams in the in the quarterfinals right now. They're looking to get a chance to go to the Sweet 16, which will be in Hammond, back in Hammond this year. Um, you've got uh, – I went last night to uh, Albany and watched them play Pine Prairie. Good uh, good thing for Coach DeRuce and, and her bunch. Uh, they had – uh, Haley Myers, their starting point guard, got injured in warm-ups, uh, twisted her ankle, uh, but she stressed that all throughout the season any of these girls could step up, and she doesn't really consider a starting five or a second five or a third five. She just comes at them in waves, and they were able to establish that last night and get a really big win, kind of pull away, uh, went on a 14-0 run in the second quarter get to, to pull away and get that one. So they will host Northwest on Thursday for a chance to go to the uh, state tournament. Okay, and
0: we also have. uh, Well, I want to save Doyle for last. I mean, they're just blowing and going past people. Uh, But we still have Springfield and Walker, correct? Springfield, that's correct. Let's talk about Springfield because I I was watch. I read your story about that. I was I was watching some updates on Twitter. A lot of drama there.
2: This is. It was an interesting thing, and we we had a staff meeting earlier this morning. I was telling everybody. I'm talking to Coach Dreyer, and you know when he sends me the book, you see they win by two. And I said, was there a winning shot or anything like that? And he just said. No, and so as we start talking, he said, "Well, you know, here's what happened. Uh, they they had a one of their players. Uh, they said we fouled her on a three point shot, so she gets a shot to go shoot three free throws with three seconds left, and she missed all three. And I said, "Coach, that's the story right there, man." <laughs> I said, "That's a heck of a way to get in, but uh, we, we, you know, for the, this program and for these girls, uh, I, I was able to talk to a few of them on, on the way back, and and you know, just to come this far, as far as they have." And to be going into the quarterfinals, it was maybe something a couple of years ago you wouldn't even thought of. But they they put in the work, they put in the time, and they and they're understanding what they're supposed to do now. Um, the challenge now is Lake Arthur, which knocked them out last year. Uh, so, but but like Coach Dreyer said, he said I said it last year, I'm going to say it again. We're playing with house money now, right? Well, a, a little revenge story, yeah, I, and, it, and that could happen too. You sure,
0: know. And, and and you know, uh, it's always interesting when. They, they've they got a little bit of mo- more motivation than Lake Arthur does probably. And you're riding off that. It's always good to have that close win, you know, to, to got to that, got to pull
2: one out. That's exactly what I talked to him about. You know, you you have a game like that in the playoffs and and you're on the road, you know, to to pull something like that off and bring a little momentum. And you got to go back. You got to turn right back around and go back, <clears throat> back on the road and do it again. Um. So, you know, I think now the challenge is, you know, I, as I was talking to Coach Ray, he's, you know, it kind of pulled up the bracket. And he said, So I guess we're the lowest seed left. And I said, Yes, you are. <laughs> and what is their seeding? So they're number 11. Okay.
0: Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. That's, yeah. that's, I
2: mean, the, the whole thing, you know, last year when we talked to him was getting that home game uh, to start off and they were able to do it. So he said, Now we just kind of build on it and, and take it a little step further now. Gotcha. So let's jump into 5A. But I want to save Doyle for
0: last. So let's jump into 5A. We're talking about Walker. They, the Walker girls are still alive. Uh, because Denham got knocked out on the road, correct? Right. right. So, uh,
2: who does Walker have coming up? Up, uh, Captain Shreve should be a really good matchup. Uh, and Walker's coming off a uh, three-point win, I believe, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and and the the cool thing about this for Coach Arnold and the group is they've had some key injuries that they got kind of early in the season, and they found a way to to just keep winning. You know, I know Caitlin Travis has has been the done the majority of their scoring and and provided their offense. But there are times maybe when she doesn't have maybe that high scoring game where somebody else has kind of stepped up, or even multiple players have kind of stepped up, and that's that's kind of how they've gotten where they've gotten. They just keep keep chugging along, you know. Sure, sure. And I
0: mean, I, part of that you build some momentum, you know. I, there's all sorts of cliches with the playoffs. You know, you're building momentum. You got to win that close game. So we're, we're sounding like coaches in here. Right yeah. Now, well, so.
2: <laughs> there's a
0: reason that those cliches are still relevant today. So last but certainly not least, you know, if you have been watching, uh, you know, our Facebook page or reading the website or watching Twitter, you know that Doyle is blowing people out. You know that the high energy, high press uh, just attack. They come after you and they stay after you. So, uh, you know, they're they're heading into the quarterfinals as well. Who do they got?
2: They are gonna have Rayville. I don't know if you guys remember oh that from a boy. couple of years ago. Uh, but Rayville came into Doyle. Uh, Doyle was a number one seed a couple of years ago, and Rayville beat them at home. Uh, and I've I've told that story where I, I was standing on the opposite side of the court, and I'm normally on the you know the the scorer's side. and I was on the opposite side, and to see when uh the the Doyle players started fouling out, and to see him go to the bench and just the anguish on the faces because they. You know, hey, we were number one. We're supposed to be going to the state tournament. We're not there. We're not going to get there. But that also served as that motivation to win that state championship last year. Sure. Um, so y- you can and and some of the some of the players are still involved. They're still here. So I'm I'm sure uh, on both sides they're going to remember that. They're going to know what's happening. And and you know, and Doyle will be hosting that game again. That'll be uh, Thursday night.
0: Okay. Uh so a little bit of revenge there as well. It, Maybe it able to pull be that possible.
2: Forward. It could be possible. I just I, look I, the the way that they press and they stay on the baseline it was literally I I told uh Sam White the the other night it was just like uh, at one point I think they scored 7 in a row and it was just strictly baseline turnovers and I told him I was glad you caught, y'all called time out because I was able to go back and see who scored those baskets. <laughs> that's literally Just a number in a basket. That's yeah, that's how fast they were scoring just to give you an idea.
0: And for those of you who might be interested, uh, Rob and I got a chance to sit down uh, with Coach White last year and before before they headed into the playoffs to do a podcast. So uh, very interesting to see. Uh, you can see that energy on her and she translates it to her team. Uh, that was a fun one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So getting on to the boys side, uh, let, let's just run through seedings and, and who's playing real quick. And then we're going to go over to David because David is looking very sad and dejected. Like I haven't gotten to talk Don't yet. i leave
2: you out, man. We know you're still here. So let's talk boys. Um, not the uh, On the girls' side, we had eight eight out of nine teams in the pairs make the playoff field. It wasn't that kid that way for the boys? Uh, in 5A, you had Walker. They're coming in at number 15. They'll be hosting Ponchatoula on Friday. Um, Talked to Coach Skiro about that. These teams played each other back in December uh, in Walker's tournament's back-and-forth game. And he said he's not expecting anything uh, different. You know, good team. Should be a really good matchup. Uh, 15 versus 18, you get kind of close right there. Uh, should, should be a fun one to watch. Um, this is where things get interesting in, number, uh, in 2A. Doyle was number four. They will host number 29, De Quincey. And French Settlement's number 13 and will host number 20, Mangum. Now, I asked Coach Kennedy at Doyle about that. I said, yeah, hey, man, y'all realize y'all, y'all, the, y'all the top seed in the parish uh, out of here? hadn't looked at it. Don't care. Looked at my bracket. That's what I know about. Right. And that that's the kind of the mentality and approach that they're taking. And when I talked to Coach Bourgeois at French Settlement, um he he said we you know, we'd be lying if my kids didn't, you know, kind of peek at that bracket a little bit. If both of those teams win, they will play each other in the second round. Oh uh, and you guys know those first those first two district games, uh, one of them was a two pointer where French Settlement wins at Doyle. And then Doyle went back to French Settlement and beat French Settlement. So you've got, if, if you want to call it that, that would be the uh, the rubber match, I guess. Sure. Uh, and that would be for a chance to keep moving on in the playoffs. But, the, but you know, Coach Buzwa, at the same time, he, he said, I got to kind of rein my guys back in and say, look at what's in front of you first before you get down the road. So sure. that's part of the deal. And then uh, Holding got in uh, at number 12 in class Class B, and they will host Midland on Friday. Uh, Coach Dubois, when I talked to him, said they've got some some young kids, look like young kids, and they shoot the ball really well, which is going to mean playing, uh, playing some good defense for them. So um, he said that the, the point was to get a home game and to win a district championship. They did both of those. Now it's time to take that next step. Gotcha. So I uh, want to wrap up, you know, we're, we're still going to be
0: talking basketball next week, I'm sure, and probably the week after. Yes. Uh, yes. But do want to wrap up some of the winter sports. Uh, we know that uh, the girls' teams are out of the playoffs, boys' teams are out of the playoffs uh, for soccer. Yes. And, you know, the girls' coaches got together and did an all parish team. We have that, correct? Right, and right. are the boys' coaches going to be
2: able to do that? I as wanted well? to. I I just got the nomination process from Coach Perez at, at at Walker, and that's what I wanted to check with him. I have not checked with the boys' coaches yet. Um, so so, uh, coaches, pay attention. I'll be texting and/or calling you. Uh, here shortly about that. Uh, about putting together an all pairs team. Gotcha, and uh, folks, we do
0: want to let people know because uh, we did receive a couple of emails about the girls all parish team and we've received emails in the past because we we have consistently done football basketball and baseball softball the coaches pick these teams you Yes, know, we we yes. provide the venue but the, much like all district the coaches are p- picking these
2: teams. Uh, and, and with coach perez i i think uh, you know first time i met her she said hey can we do this and i think they they kind of took it upon themselves to go do this and then uh you know i checked my email uh last week or, or the week before and she said, "Hey, we picked an all parish team. <laughs> oh, okay, and, cool." I was like, "Oh, great, man! It took all the, I guess, all the legwork out of it. So, I, I do have a girls' soccer all pairs team, uh, and hopefully we can, uh, we can get the boys on, on board with doing that too. And uh, hopefully, in a, in a few weeks, we'll have something for you to, to see there. Right.
0: So, Rob, thank you, sir.
2: Sure. For the sports thank update, you. folks. Please remember
0: to keep checking in because, again, we're going to keep talking about basketball because they got a lot of playoffs going on baseball and softball have started uh, but we're going to kind of we're backing off of that a little bit we want the focus to be on these teams that are in the postseason for basketball so thank you sir jumping over to david uh david has been extremely helpful especially the last six to eight months uh helping me with covid coverage uh also helping with disaster coverage uh, I, I think his uh his girlfriend is a lot more willing to let him go ride around and take pictures. Whereas if I tell my <laughs> wife, hey, I'm gonna go take pictures, she says like like hell you are. Uh <laughs> so, yeah, she doesn't care what I do. <laughs> yeah. So uh he has been exceedingly helpful. And uh, you know, that means he's helpful for y'all. You know, he's been out there for y'all covering things, talking to these public officials. Uh so that's been great. So first, wanna uh, I want to talk about last week's ice storm here and, and how that we're going to bring that forward into the vaccine scenario that we've got going uh, because we do have a new tier of people who are eligible. But first, you know, you hit the roads last week. Um, as things started, to, we had that little bit of thaw out. So you were kind of able to hit the road, take some pictures, see energy going around. You know, what are some of the things that, that you saw? driving around the parish
1: well a lot of ice that's the that's the first thing uh, I, rem- I I live in Baton Rouge for people who don't know and that first Monday I went out there and it took me you know they had the interstates closed had to go down Florida Boulevard uh, 190 all the way to didham Springs and crossing that bridge over the a meet was very scary I think I was going maybe five miles an hour it took me felt like twenty minutes across that bridge but uh but that day I mean it was a lot of and what's different, you know, Louisiana, we know how, we know how to respond to hurricanes. I mean, you know, we've done that so many times, but never really, don't really respond to ice storms that often. And so this one was different because the the effects were sort of, you know, extended or delayed, I guess you could say, because that ice would just, you know, over time, just weigh down those branches. And that was a lot of the the issues was the ice would just, you know, just kind of weigh down the branches and eventually they just snap versus a hurricane. You know, it all kind of happens at once and then it's done with and you start cleaning. But, I mean, these, these branch, you know, stuff could be affected days after. So that was, that was a problem that energy companies were running into is that they, you know, would go down. They would, uh, they'd have to wait for these roadways to clear. And, you know, not to mention the ice, which that was the biggest problem was the ice was just, because of the cold that we had that persisted for, you know, three, three, four days. I mean, it was kind of hard for them to get out there. That's why these, you know, outages, we started off in Livingston Parish with, I think, 20, I think it got to 22,000 at one point uh, outages in the parish. And it was kind of a slow, uh, uh, it was a slow process to get that number cut down. And I think Saturday, it wasn't until Saturday, uh, six days after the ice storm first hit, that it was down to below 30 outages in the pair. So, I mean, you know, I know, I know a lot of people were upset with how long it took, but I mean, I I really don't know what more they could have done. And, you know, these guys are working around the clock there and the elements there, you know, trying to be safe as well. So, I mean, for what they had to deal with and, you know, another thing, like, like I said, this is not really a situation where where we're equipped to deal with. So I'm sure they, they learned a lot and, you know, the next, God forbid the next ice storm that hits Louisiana they'll be more prepared for but yeah like you kind of said at the beginning that led to a lot of uh delays in vac- vaccines the last week Sure and and before I jump into
0: that I just want to say you know it this is following an extremely active hurricane season yes. So it, it you know it it kind of doubled down on problems that a lot of a lot of electrical companies were already facing you know Uh, Lake Charles still hurting, hurting bad. You know, uh, there's still reports coming out of there that there are blue tarps still everywhere. Mm -hmm. You know, there's still rural parts of uh, Calcasieu Parish that don't have power. So, uh, you know, this was, it may not seem like it's been that long, or it may seem like it's been forever. Excuse me. It may seem like it's been forever since that happened, but it really hadn't been that long, you know, considering how much devastation they've had. So, A lot of these, you know, so energy reached out to us to kind of, that would be the news. And we ran a story about why turning on the electricity in huge gobs during the winter is different than it is during the summer. I would recommend you folks go out and read that. But a lot of it is because more people are stuck at home, uh, especially with COVID. And more people are using electrical appliances, electrical heaters, you know, electrical water heaters, that kind of thing. And when you turn all that back on at once, it causes huge burden on a power grid that in some state, in some cases, you know, one of the things that we heard was that uh, one of the substations South of Denham Springs froze. And so when it, when they turned the power back on, it caused more problems. They learned that early on. So kind of an interesting deal dealing with that. It, 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 it Like you said, several times, it's just not something yeah. we're used to dealing with here. So want to get into that, that vaccination mm-hmm. issue that you talked about, you know, one of the things that Governor John Bell Edwards really wanted to bring up um, and, and was advised through uh, his Department of Health and, and CDC was that we know that people for at least a week might have missed their follow up vaccination because uh, it's for a lot of them, it's a two parter. But according to them, for all of them, huh? for all of them, it's right. a two parter. And but according to, you know, the CDC Department of Health, it's OK to miss a week. Yes.
1: So I mean, some- it, basically, it's okay to miss a few days. Uh, uh, you know, it's not a hard set in stone. If you miss that, uh, if you miss that second dose appointment, you're messed up. Now, now, people don't know. We are Louisiana. We have the Pfizer and Moderna max uh, vaccines. Those are the only ones that have been approved by the CDC for emergency use. Uh, for the Pfizer vaccine, it's 21 days after the first appointment. They recommend for the Moderna vaccine, it's 28 days after. The first appointment. So, so obviously, last week, uh, with all the road closures, power outages, and uh, mind you, a lot of a lot of health clinics were were dealing with these outages. I, I wrote a few stories on you know the health clinics that had to close down because they you know they just didn't have the power. So if they don't have power, they're not open. People are going to miss those appointments. So, so uh, Dr. Joseph Canner, he's a uh, newly appointed state health officer. He's now Governor Edwards's right hand man, and in, uh, in the COVID plan that the state is uh doing he basically just kind of went on governor the governor's radio show last week and then during the press conference the next day just sort of to you know alleviate some of those fears that if you miss that second vaccine appointment that it's it's all over. This all for not, basically. He wanted people to know that just get in touch with the the clinic or pharmacy or provider that you got it from and schedule the makeup appointment. It's a f- a few days is okay. He said the you know the CDC says a few days missed is okay. It's those those early dates are put in there, you know, just to make sure people get them as soon as possible. But you know, a couple of days here and there is not the end of the world. So that that's really. The uh the main thing that they wanted to get across last week, because you know, with those with that ice storm, that was going to be something that was going to be affecting here because we still are dealing with COVID. So, right, know. and and you know, having COVID is another reason why people are kind of
0: stuck at home and why you know going and turning that electricity on real quick might be a problem. Yeah. So, talking about vaccines, we're starting to see. First and foremost, there was an announcement. Uh, from both Moderna and Pfizer, that they're going to ramp up production here in March uh, of of vaccines. And we have not only uh, a new age bracket eligible to start signing up for vaccines, mm-hmm. but also we have uh, sort of a designation. And Rob, this kind of affects you as well, because coaches, teachers are now eligible to go get vaccinated. And uh, the Livingston Parish school system has uh, sort of jumped in on that. To try to help these teachers get signed up to go get vaccinated. Uh, so, David, go ahead and tell me about the process first, uh, real quick, and then Rob, I want to kind of jump over to you and, and and hear if any coaches have brought that up.
1: Well, basically, yeah. Uh, if you you know if you hadn't heard, Governor Edwards he expanded the priority group one B tier one last week. and now includes. K through 12 support staff and employees, which is basically your teachers, bus drivers, custodians, anyone who works at a K through 12 school, as long as as well as daycare centers and those, those sort of uh, places. And so the Livingston Parish school system, they uh, are jumping on board, and you know it's something. And this has honestly been a big push of schools. I mean, since they started talking about vaccinations, to have teachers be on the front lines to receive those vaccines uh, because they're you know they they they're trying to keep the schools open and that's one way to protect your employees is to make sure they're all vaccinated. So they've been really pushing it uh Superintendent Joe Murphy has really been he's been part of a group of superintendents that have been pushing that and so they finally got the news they've been waiting for. And so start uh this week they started they they started sending out that information to teachers they're actually going to the school systems actually going to Use their nursing staff, nurse professionals, to administer the vaccine. So they're they're already getting a a, a jump on that. Uh, you know, they can also go to the pharmacies that have been approved by the by the Department of Health. But to just sort of keep it in house, they're they're being able. I think they're going to start on March 10th and mm-hmm. be able to. You know, depending on how many register they have until Thursday uh, tomorrow, the 25th to. To say whether or not they want one they they should be able to do as many as 720 vaccinations on that first day, which is that's, you know, almost a quarter of your workforce. There's 4000 employees in the school system. So, I mean, a pretty good start. So, Rob, let's pull you in for a second. I mean, you know, I know that last year
0: spring sports got canceled altogether. You know, so I know it's outdoor, and we've learned a lot more about COVID at this point. But I mean, are there any coaches who are like, yes? You know, I mean, that, that's something that at least we as coaches don't necessarily have to worry about.
2: I, I and this is literally just happening with the with the the vaccines. I really haven't talked to any coaches about it okay. uh, about what's going on, so I really don't have any uh any I guess feedback on that for you. Uh, you know, I I just know right now that these spring sport coaches, the ones I've talked to, it's just like. This is a blessing now to, right. to be able to get back out. And, get, and I'll just say from my perspective, uh, y'all know my son plays baseball. Uh, it's been really cool to go out and, and sit in the press box at Hammond High and work while he's practicing uh, sure. just to get out there and, and, hey, man, we're doing it again. It's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, that was, you know, the, the, the LHSAA found a way to finish basketball last year. But then when you got into spring, it just all got shut down. Yeah. So yeah. I know there are a lot of kids who were very bummed out about missing that point but you know they're going to get into it this year and and a um, lot of these a lot of these coaches and 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 umpires and such are going to be I'm like vaccinated.
2: I, I think part of the and that goes back to us having a little bit more knowledge about what's going on because at that time when we when we first you go back to it's hard to believe it's been almost a year now but when you go back to when it first came out there were so many unknowns about what's going on and what's happening uh, but with these vaccines and with things like that I think we're a little more educated on what's what's going on which in turn will hopefully help, uh, you know, you, you, t- you touched on it. You got through football. You got through basketball. Uh, I, I personally see no reason why they can't continue and finish out the, the, the entire season in sports. Which is a great thing for these kids. But Absolutely. They, speaking about kids, maybe not kids,
0: but, but younger, younger folks, uh, younger than me anyway, uh, you know, very interesting story uh, involving we get to make Elon Musk Local, which is great, (laughs) Uh, you know what? What an interesting fellow he is. But uh, you know, as many of you may have watched during COVID, uh, launched a rocket, made it up to the space station, came down, starting to move into more civilians, sending civilians to space, and someone local is going to be doing it. So. Mm. David, tell us tell us a bit of, a little bit more about that situation. Yes.
1: Okay. In case some of you haven't heard, Haley Arsono, she is a South Louisiana native, uh, graduated from St. Joseph's Academy in Baton Rouge from St. Francisville. She went to Southeastern Louisiana, graduated in 2014. She is going to be a part of the first ever all civilian mission to space. Uh, there, there have been other, you know, instances where uh non-astronauts if you will uh journey to space but this is the first one where where everyone aboard is going to be a non-astronaut so right. that, that that that's what makes this uh this trip so significant because it's starting to push the boundaries of uh, uh for who can go to space uh if you will and haley Arsenault, she uh she you know she has an incredible story she And a big push of this, I should mention, is for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. And Haley Arsenault, she works at St. Jude's right now. She's been working there since last April. But even more uh, important, she is a cancer survivor who was treated at St. Jude when she was ten years old. And doctors found a uh, rare—they found a rare form of cancer in her left leg, and she had to have uh, she had a surgery, very intense chemotherapy. But she was able to survive, and that—that's one of the that's that thats what really is interesting about this story. Is uh, I found I was able to find a video of in from 2003 of the Louisiana Young Hero Ceremony, which is something that Louisiana Public Broadcasting does every year. She was one of the heroes they recognized when she was 11 years old, and even then, she said her dream was to work at St. Jude uh after she received treatment there. That's just what she worked for, and she spent the next 18 years of her life working towards that goal. She worked, uh before she went to St. Jude, she actually worked at Our Lady of the Lake in Baton Rouge, and for the first couple months was in the ER department, which put her in the COVID unit. So she, you know, she was on the front lines of the pandem- pandemic at the start, and then she got that news to go work at St. Jude, and, you know, as much as she loved working in Baton Rouge, that was her dream job, so she Went there right away. And then uh, a few months ago, she got, she uh, heard from Jared Isaacman, who is a 38 year old billionaire, uh, the one who's going to be leading this mission to space. And he really wanted to use it as a way to raise money for childhood cancer and to, you know, for St. Jude specifically. And so when they were looking for someone who could be a part of that mission, Haley Arsenault just totally fit the bill.
0: LP going to space. So
1: I, you know, what a
0: what a series of events you know a lot of times we hear these stories about you know these these kids that excel in sports or or these local people or these kids who who end up in these situations where you just start to 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 think about how mind blowing it is the number of instances that must coincide for that to happen and it's just fascinating but you know it an amazing circumstance you know Mr. Elon Musk trying to trying to push american ingenuity and trying to push just how far we can go, uh, you know, everything from electric cars to going to space. Yeah. So uh, kind of a very interesting uh, and fascinating set of circumstances there. So thanks for covering that story. Uh, we do appreciate it. And thank you for helping us, especially with some statewide and parish-wide information. Uh, as for my portion, I am, I'm here to interview these two guys. If you're ever interested in a lot of the political news, I do podcasts with a lot of political folks. I'll be sitting now with the mayor of Denham Springs tomorrow, uh, Mr. Gerard Landry. We're going to be pulling 2020 forward, and then he and I are going to start a monthly meeting where we kind of catch up with each other, doing the same thing uh, with Assessor Jeff Taylor and Parish Councilman Tracy Gerlinghouse the next week, uh, going to be meeting with Parish President Leighton Ricks every month as well, and also going to be getting uh, everybody's favorite, Mr. Gary Frog Talbert, the amphibious uh, councilman in here uh, once a month, he and I are going to be, he's the chairman of the parish council this year, and he and I are going to be uh, musing about what's going on here in the parish. So we're not going to get deep into what I'm doing. Uh, I do recommend you folks go check out these shows and other shows at wwwlivingstonparishnewscom backslash podcast. We are on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube once a week in print on Thursdays. And of course you can get these podcasts wherever you gather your podcast, whether that's Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We are on all those platforms thanks to Anchor FM. Again, I've been joined by our sports editor, Mr. Rob DeArmond. Thank you, sir. Thank you. And our lifestyle editor and news reporter, Mr. David Gray. Thank you, sir, for joining us. Thank you. And again, my name is McHugh David, publisher and editor of the news. Can't thank you guys enough for joining us on this first edition of sort of retooling the morning show into a weekly show here with these two guys Uh, We're going to be working on our rapport. We're going to be developing a little bit more. uh, And as it becomes more and more safe, we will be adding video uh, to this podcast when we can actually get everybody in a little more condensed space uh, to show it. Again, please go check us out on those platforms and we will see you next time.